0: Happy May long to you here in the room and to those of you online as well. So good to be together. Um, I really hope and pray that this weekend affords you the opportunity to do something that really fills your tank, um, something that you enjoy, something that brings refreshment. I know I'm really looking forward to getting out into the dirt, even if it happens to be a smoky garden right now. Um, I love gardening, and that's one of the things I look forward to uh, this weekend as it continues. It was one summer um, two years ago, uh, a summer day two years ago, and I drove down to Three Hills uh, to see Lauren's parents. Um, We all knew that his dad didn't have a lot of time left, And um, when I got there, I went in the door, um, said hi, and um, pretty soon just said, Dad, you know, you've been saying you're just not feeling great these days. Um, If something were to happen, is there anything that you want us kids to know? You know what, before I hardly had those words out of my mouth, he said yes, yes. And literally for the next four hours, He talked nonstop. I got out a pen, I wrote things. He talked about how he envisioned the care for his beloved wife who uh, was crippled from arthritis and who he'd been caring for. He talked about, um, you know, just what things were really important to him in life. He talked about his funeral arrangements and what he'd like to have happen. He talked about things like where we could find the passwords and all that kind of stuff. Then we had supper together, and I left and drove back here that night. The next morning, at 7 o'clock, the phone rang, and his mom said, Dad's gone. We were so thankful for that final conversation, and the instruction, and the thoughts that we got. If you knew you only had a few more days, who would you want to talk to? And what would you want to say to them? As we enter our passage this morning in John 14, this is exactly the scene that we come to. Jesus knows that he is going to die very soon. He's there in the upper room with his disciples. And what he's done is he's just washed their feet. He's shown them again his incredible humility. He's shown them the way he leads with servant leadership. He's told them some really troubling things. He's told them that one of them is gonna betray him. He's told them that he's leaving and they're not happy about this. Um, he's told them that, you know what, uh, there's, there's troubled days coming. Um, that Peter, this one who's so self-assured, is gonna disown Jesus three times. The disciples are confused about the things that he said. Listen to the beginning of what is called the farewell discourse, Jesus' last conversation with his disciples, and listen for some of these things that are the most important to Jesus as he pours out his heart to his disciples, and listen for how he begins as he is so compassionate to his disciples. John 14, 1-6. Don't let your hearts be troubled. Trust in God and trust also in me. There is more than enough room in my Father's home. If this were not so, would I have told you that I am going to prepare a place for you? When everything is ready, I will come and get you so that where you will al- so that you will always be with me where I am. And you know the way to where I am going, No, we don't, Lord, Thomas said. We have no idea where you are going, so how can we know the way? Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Jesus says he is the way, he is the truth, he is the life. He's already been identified in the book of John as the truth, and as the life, but this is the very first time that Jesus claims to be the way. You know, for a rabbi, for a teacher in that time to talk about a way, to talk about various paths would have been not unusual at all. In fact, the holy scriptures that they studied, what we now call the Old Testament, um, they were filled with hundreds of verses of a ways listen to just a couple of them psalm 25 verse 4 make me know your ways O lord teach me your paths or proverbs 14 verse 12 there is a way that appears to be right but in the end it leads to death but what's stunning here is that jesus is saying that he is the way And interestingly, for a long time, after Jesus died, was buried, resurrected, and ascended, after that, for many years, people that followed Jesus weren't called Christians. They were called people of the way. So let's ask a few questions um, about this really important I am statement today. Firstly, if Jesus is the way, where does he want to take us? Where is he taking us? And and is he really the only way to get to that place? Secondly, how can we get on to the Jesus way? And then lastly, how does he actually lead us in real time? I mean, what does this look like in real everyday life? Okay, first, where does he want to take us? Back to our text. Jesus says it just very clearly and concisely right here in verse 2. There is more than enough room in my father's home. The Jesus way is the path that leads to the father's house, a path that leads home into the welcome embrace of God. Definitely, and you probably have heard this passage used, maybe even at a funeral, because definitely he wants to take us home to God after we leave this world, but also in the bigger context of this passage and of the book, we know that Jesus wants to take us home to God, to being at home with him right now. Being at home with God, being at home with each other, even being at home with ourselves. Jesus said the same thing another way about where he wants to take us. Um, A couple of weeks ago when we were in John 10, Jesus said his destination for us in this way. He said, my purpose is to give them a rich and satisfying life a rich and satisfying life. And the whole narrative of Scripture would tell us that the satisfying life is a deeply connected life where we are intimate with God, where we're deeply connected with each other in healthy, loving relationships. And next week, Brody's gonna take us even further down that path of connection as we look at the last I am. But here today, Jesus is saying he wants us to have this destination of a deeply satisfying life. Not a perfect life or a life of ease, but a life in which we are flourishing, a life in which we're right in the middle of the messiness of the pain, of the reality, that we are still somehow flourishing and satisfied. I saw, heard a great example of that just this week. Um, someone who has recently made the decision to become a follower of Jesus said to me, you know what, this has happened, and this has happened, and this has happened, and I was just like, whoa. They said, but do you know what, right in the middle of the chaos of my life, something new is happening. And they they just had this look of wonder on their face. They said, I have a peace. I've never had that before. In the middle of the craziness, Jesus is giving me peace. That's the destination that he has for us. He wants to give us this ability to continue to grow in flourishing in a satisfying life. But here's the thing these statements of Jesus, they have a flow to them. They have a flow, and he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. But if you want to get to the Jesus life, you have to choose. You have to choose the Jesus way. We're going to talk some more about that, but I want to come to that question that I know is at the front and center of some of your minds this morning. And it could even be the reason that you haven't decided to follow Jesus because you're bothered by the last bit of that verse where Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Now, a lot of times we hear, I mean, really, why why does there have to be one way? I mean, really, aren't all religions really at the bottom the same? N.T. Wright um, is really helpful in this. He wrote a book called John for Everyone, and I want to just quote a little bit about his answer, the way he kind of summarized to that question, aren't all religions basically the same? The belief that all religions are really the same sounds nice and democratic, though the study of religions quickly show that it isn't true. What you're really saying, if you claim that they're all the same, is that none of them are more than distant echoes and distorted images of reality. You're saying that reality, God, the divine, is remote and unknowable, that neither Jesus, nor Buddha, nor Moses, nor Krishna gives us direct access. They all provide a way to the foothills of the mountain, not the way to the summit. But Jesus is saying here that we can know the way to the summit, god isn't distant and unknowable all of the i am statements have been showing us that jesus is god and that he has made god known to us just a few verses later in john 14 verse 9 jesus says very directly anyone who has seen me has seen the father This is not a distant, vague God that you might call the universe. No, God cares so deeply about having a close connection that He not only provides a way to Him, but He at very great cost becomes the way. So as we think about this question, is Jesus the only way? Something else that at times we wrestle with and we hear is this. Isn't it arrogant and narrow-minded for anyone to claim to be the only way? And don't we know that this attitude has done untold damage as, as Christians have kind of maybe arrogantly said people have to give up their way and choose his In response, let me quote one more time uh, from Wright's book. The real answer is that though of course it's true that many Christians and churches have, unfortunately, been arrogant in the way they have presented the gospel, the whole setting of this passage shows that such arrogance is a denial of the very truth it's claiming to present the truth, the life through which we know and find the way is Jesus himself, the Jesus who washed the disciples' feet and told them to copy his example, the Jesus who was on his way to give his life as the shepherd of the sheep. Was that arrogant? Was that self-serving? This is such a profoundly important question, and we've got to wrestle with it. But for today, I want to give just one more angle on that. As we approached Easter this year, I was reflecting on Jesus' prayer in Gethsemane, which is where he was going right after this farewell conversation. I was, st- I was struck again by Jesus' really anguished plea as he faced the horrors of the cross, as he faced taking all of the sin and evil and darkness into himself. As he went into the garden, it says this, he went in a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground praying, my father, if it is possible, Let this cup of suffering be taken away from me. Jesus is pleading. He is asking. He's asking. Is there any other way? Is there any other path to which we could have what we so desperately desire, Father? And that is for our children to come home. That's for our family to be back in our house with us? And the answer is no. There is no other way. Evil must be defeated. Sin must be forgiven. And Jesus, the sinless Lamb of God, is the only way. Ephesians 2.18 says it again so clearly. Now, all of us, all human beings, can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. So how do we begin? How do we get on to the Jesus way and how do we continue on that path if we've already chosen it? Back at the beginning of Jesus' ministry, he gives us some incredibly clear statements about how to we become his followers. He says this in Mark 1:15 to 17. Listen to these statements. The time has come. The kingdom of God has come near. Repent and believe the good news Come, follow me. Repent, believe, follow. Now, I get it. (laughs) Repent sounds like a pretty heavy word for May long weekend. Um, But here's the thing. If you want to experience the Jesus life, you have to understand this word. And Actually, it's really an empowering word. It it really reminds you that you have great agency in your life. You get to choose the paths that you go on. Not the circumstances coming at you or around you, but you get to choose who you are becoming and who you are following in an attempt to get there. The word repent literally means, it means literally to turn around. It's like you're going one way and you repent. (laughs) You turn around. You go a different way. If you choose the Jesus way, you're saying, I was going down the path of life doing my thing, following what I think is best and what I'm being told by the world around me is best, but then I decide, no, That not working or, or I hear a better voice so I actually turn around and I choose to follow a different way I'm believing the good news that Jesus has conquered sin and death and I'm coming home to God from now on Jesus will be my leader and will tell me which are the good paths And as a church family, we had the incredible privilege over the last several weeks um, to witness as over 52 people right here made public the fact that they have chosen the Jesus way as they were baptized. And as they were in the tank, one of the last questions that they're asked before they went under the water was this. Is it your intention, to the best of your ability, to follow Jesus the rest of your life? Yes, yes, was their answer. Okay, so lastly, how practically does this work? How do we hear where Jesus wants to lead us on this path of life? So let's think back uh, to the scene that we were in when we started. As Jesus is in the upper room, and he's telling his disciples that he's about to leave, um, what does he say to them? Does he say to them, I I know life is tricky. I know life is tricky, but I want you to follow me. I'll lead you on this path home to the Father. Um, And it's tricky, but here's what I'm going to do. What I'm going to do is I'm going to give you a map. I'm going to give you a map and you just, uh, you just do your best. I'm going to give you a map. You do your best to follow that, okay? Good luck. I'm leaving and I'll see you in heaven. No, he doesn't say that. He does not say that. And this is is the key this is the key to finding the life that Jesus offers he says no I'm leaving you something so much better than a map well he doesn't say that exactly but this is what he says he says I'm leaving you a personal guide I mean if you are lost would you rather have someone say hey I'll be sure you get a map Or would you rather have them say, hey, I will come because I know the way and I will lead you. That's what Jesus says. He says, I am sending you a personal guide. I am leaving, but here's what's going to happen. John 14, verses 16 and 17, just a few verses after what, what we already read. This is what he said. I will ask the Father and he will give you another advocate who will never leave you, He is the Holy Spirit who leads into all truth. Good news, good news. Jesus promises us and he sent and we have the presence of the Holy Spirit. And what does he do? He always leads us in truth. This is really good news. There's a lot of untruth out there. There's a lot of times where it's hard to know what to believe and what we should think and how we should think. The Holy Spirit always begins by defining reality for us. He helps us know what is true. He will tell you the truth about the world. He will tell you the truth about what is truly good and what is evil. He will tell you the truth about you and where you're at, and where you are on paths that are leading to life, and where you are on paths that are destructive to you and to those around you. A couple of weeks ago, I was on the phone, and I was trying to help someone, Uh, they were trying to navigate, And uh, I was talking to them and I said well Can you tell me where you are because I needed to know where they were to be able to tell them how to get to where They wanted to go, but the problem was they were having a hard time seeing any signs or road signs or identifying where they were You know, maybe it's almost kind of like, you know If you're in West Ed and you want to get to a certain store and you're like I have no idea how to get there All right (laughs) And you look for one of those big signs. I haven't been for a while. I think they still have these. But you look for these big signs, right? And you look. What's the first thing? Like, you look for is, you're like, okay, that's where I want to go. I found that's the store I want to go to. But what do you need now? You need that you are here star, right? You need reality. Okay, it's way over there where I want to go. But now I know where I am, and now I can find the path. The Spirit defines reality for you. We are really good at pretending and we're also not really good at seeing reality, but God is. Do you remember the story of the woman at the well? We don't have time to tell it all. You can find it earlier in the book of John. But here's something amazing right in that story that illustrates this. So Jesus meets this woman They're having a conversation. Her life is not going well at all. Jesus says to her, Go call your husband. And she says, I don't have a husband. And Jesus says, I know you've had five husbands, and the man you're living with now is not your husband. But this is not a statement of condemnation. This is a statement of orientation. This is a statement of just reality. The reality, you are here on the map in your journey. This is reality. The reality is that her life isn't working that she's been looking for love down a lot of wrong paths that haven't brought life. They've actually led her to isolation and aloneness. And he says, I will give you life. I know where you are, but I will give you life. If you follow me, I will actually allow there to become a spring of living water within you that flows out and that brings you a richly satisfying life if you choose the Jesus way. See, something that brings utter relief as we follow Jesus is that we can stop pretending. We can come out of hiding. Because he says, I see you. You are here. You are here. I know that. And I love you. I'm okay with that. You are loved and forgiven. Where you are does not define who you are. Where you are does not define who you are. But I also love you way too much to leave you there. I have a better path for you. Turn around. Let's go a different direction. So the life of Jesus becomes a life of listening to the guidance of the Holy Spirit and then repenting when he shows us we're not on a good path. He shows us that our choices or our attitudes or our dreams are not leading to life. He does this with me all the time. And sometimes I listen well and I'm like, Jesus, thank you for showing me that. I'm sorry and I turn around and sometimes I don't. But he is patiently working with me, leading me on better paths. The Holy Spirit's goal for you and for your life is not the American dream. It's not the dream that we hear as the good path in all the voices around us, that dream of the accumulation of status and stuff and and the way of comparison and competition. No, that's not the path he wants to lead us on. The path he wants to lead me on and you on is one that is filled with meaning and purpose, a life of service, a life that is marked by love and joy and peace and patience and kindness and goodness and gentleness and faith, the kinds of things that lead to healthy, life-giving, loving relationships. But if you want to experience the Jesus life, you have to choose the Jesus way. You have to make space to listen to the voice of the Spirit who will guide you in the next step in your journey. His primary way of doing that is through his gentle nudges, sometimes his strong, convicting, fierce voice that says that's a really destructive path. His primary tools are the Holy Scriptures, the Bible, and other believers in settings like this where we help each other, small groups, conversations, he is interested in every aspect of your journey. You know, long before social scientists began talking about the fact that we are such integrated human beings, um, the scripture taught us this that God cares about you and your journey and all of your journey. 1 Thessalonians 5.23 says it this way. Now may the God of peace make you holy. Holy or, or whole and complete in every way. And may your whole spirit and soul and body be kept blameless until our Lord Jesus comes again. He cares about all of you on your journey of life. And he wants to guide you on the good paths, on the Jesus way. So if you've been around um, any of these past weeks as we're doing the I Am series, you know that we are ending our times together with a time of response a time that we just are asking: Will you take a minute before you rush out into anything else? Will you take a minute to actually interact right now with what's been said? And the way we're going to do that this morning is: There's a card in uh, the the chair in front of you. W- would you just grab that? Um, for those of you online. You might wanna right now grab a piece of paper and a pen and your host there is gonna put up for you um, the same content so that you can interact with it. So this is just a card that um, a really, really skilled volunteer helped me with this week um, to make so that we could walk through this together. Um, This isn't something you're gonna like give back to us or pass down the row or anything. This is just for you, uh, you and the Holy Spirit, truly. This is just for you. Um, so here's what we're going to do. It's just, it's just a a really simple exercise, um, in which we're going to ask the Holy Spirit right now to give us a fresh sense of where we're at, that kind of you are here kind of moment. And then we're going to ask him to show us what is his next healthy, life-giving step for us in, um various areas of our life. So, let's just go to side one. Um, Side one just starts with the way of Jesus with the gauges on it. And uh, you can walk through it just something like this. Um, Just asking, Holy Spirit, you always know reality. You're always honest. So, just now, would you help me in this moment um, to just think about these four areas and to just honestly, kind of one to ten, uh, give, give, give an honest answer. Here's where, here's where I'm at today. With my spiritual health, uh, I would say a 10 is I am deeply and lovingly connected to God. What number would be true for you today? Again, remember, no condemnation, just reality. Like, what number is true for you today? Um, would it be a 2? Because you're still kind of wrestling with, like, oh, yeah, I'm not sure. Maybe it's a 0, you're not sure there is a God yet. Or maybe it's an 8. You feel deeply connected. Just what is true today? What what number would you put? And then, and then God cares about all of you. What about what about your mental health today? Um, how are you really doing? Honestly, how are you doing? I know a lot of us are struggling these days, and and I've shared with you many times um, in this setting, just some of my own struggles and some of the healing paths that Jesus has taken. Um, me on, um, how are you doing today with your mental health? Uh, relationally, are you deeply and lovingly connected with others, or is that, is that a hole in this season? And lastly, um, Jesus cares about our bodies. There's nothing disembodied about following Jesus. He cares about how you're doing physically. Um, how are you doing <laughs> Uh, 1 to 10, just how would you rate that today? All right, I know, I know some of you are processors and it takes a little longer <laughs> maybe than that, but um, I think most of those answers, most of us have a sense, kind of, yeah. Sometimes it's hard, to be honest, but let's just go to side two, all right? Um, Side two at the top, it just starts with this little prayer. Holy Spirit, we know he's here with us right now. Holy Spirit, thank you that you care deeply about all of me. Help me identify my next step in the way of Jesus. Amen. And then here's the thing. Like, if you're at all like me... Um, I'm not, I, you know. Often it's my own voice in my head. It's it's actually not the voice of Jesus because what happens is I begin to kind of go, oh, I need every one of these, I, every one of these things. I need to work on. I need to work on. I need to work on my spiritual relationship. I need to work on my health. I need to work on. And I've got like 27 things going like that. I need to like that is not the way of Jesus. <laughs> Jesus is not rushed. He has a pace for us in our journey. And so I'm gonna guess that this morning likely his Holy Spirit would say, you know what Rita? There's one thing, there's one thing that I'd love this morning to help you begin a new path. Um, yeah, I've got a new way for you in one of these things and it's gonna lead to life. It takes some quiet, <laughs> it takes some quiet shutting down all the monkey brain stuff, to just listen and to say, God, what is it? What is it that you have for me today that is a path that leads to life? Maybe it's a path of starting something. Maybe it's a path of intentionally, like this has to stop. That this path, it's gotta stop. This path is not leading to life. And he says it not to bring condemnation, but to bring life. We put a few at the bottom. At the bottom there, we put a few uh, potential steps. Some of us kind of just chatted and and thought about what um, might be a next step. If you're just kind of like, I have no idea. I know my lowest number is a you know one of these. It's it's pretty low right now. But I don't I don't even know what a next step could be. Um, for some of you, you've already you already know you know what God is saying to you this morning and. And it's just it's going to be your choice to follow. But if this morning your spiritual number was like really low and you don't know, like you've got no idea what could be a next step, we just put down there, there's a great app, and there's so many other things you could do, but there's a great app called Lectio 365. It's just about a 10-minute devotional. It will really help you get into Scripture. It will help you pray. It will help you set aside 10 minutes that you can just stop everything else and be with God in that moment. So you might want to check that out. I, I see Pastor Jamie over here. He's he's one of the people that just had said, that's a great, that's a great app. And you could, yeah. <laughs> he, he's got it. So uh, you, you talk to him after two. Uh, talk to him, not me, if you need help loading it up as well. Um, all right. Uh, mental health. Okay. Like this is a big one. And as a church, we're trying to do a lot better at this. We've been running some courses this year. We're working on some stuff for next year. Um, uh, You know, if you're struggling, um, our heart's so with you and we so believe that Jesus cares deeply about your mental health. Um, But here's just one simple next step that could be actually really profound for you, and that is have an honest conversation with a trusted person about where you're at. Sometimes that's the first step. I I know it was really hard for me first to say, you know what, I have generalized anxiety disorder and depression. Um, That was hard to say um, once I was diagnosed, but you know what, just talking about this stuff is really helpful and really freeing, and it helps us be able to then to listen to the voice of Jesus as he helps us find better and more healing and more hopeful paths than where we find ourselves. Um, relationally, I, I talked with Pastor James, and I know he's here too. I just saw him somewhere here. But, um, ah, you're right down there. Yeah, so anyways, he, um, he said, yeah, hey, in groups. We're starting a group on, on, um, on June 14th. We're going to just do a watch group of that series, The Chosen. And if you're like, I, I just I need to get connected with some people that would be a great way to just step encourage out of out of uh, isolation and into community um, to get together with some others um, or the physical uh, area maybe it's like oh my goodness like I'm just not doing good uh, I need to get moving for one thing there's actually a couple of walking groups that have uh, started up uh, one's walk and ones walk run this spring and you could get together with some other uh, fellow believers talk about your journey as you're walking and running, and that is a good thing to do together. You can find those things on on groups at SPAC. So I, I really hope and pray that you will take this card home with you today, that you will continue to say, Holy Spirit, thank you that you didn't leave me floundering with a map trying to figure it out. Thank you that you, my personal guide, are here with me. Help me to know the next step that leads to the path of life. Amen.